In today's episode of the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show, we have Archana Krishnamurthy. Archana Krishnamurthy is a seasoned professional with 30 years of leadership experience in corporate settings. She excels as a certified coach, counselor, mentor, facilitator and motivational speaker. Archana is known for her expertise in Silverlight research and international corporate consulting. She has successfully launched multiple enterprises and provided guidance to numerous startup entrepreneurs and corporate leaders. Her dynamic speaking engagements have touched various sectors including education, startups, corporates, women's groups and NGOs. Archana's commitment to spiritual growth spans 15 plus years reflecting her passion for positive life transformation. With a science background and post-graduation in special education, she holds certifications from renowned organizations like ICF and Franklin Covey in transformational counseling. Hi Archana, good morning. Welcome to the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much for taking your valuable time to join me here today. Good morning, Jag. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh Archana, you know, I was uh, going through your website your linkedin profile and a bunch of uh, things and um, one thing that was uh, kind of you know it kind of summarized well i think was your uh, website mm-hmm. uh, so you 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 know you are a person who's wearing multiple hats uh, yeah. you have a ton of experience but uh, before we jump into all that how did it all start yeah i mean there were two starts obviously right So one start is uh, actually three starts. Okay, one start is with my life. Second start was with my career, almost thirty plus years ago, and the third and final start was about uh, the current venture, which I call as Conscious Living Center. So, right. which one did you mean for me to elaborate, if I may ask? So please uh, you know start off uh, about your journey up until the point that you became an entrepreneur and then we okay. will talk about your entrepreneurship okay that's interesting all right so i actually was born and raised in very small towns in central india uh, especially my father was uh, like into mining and uh, oh, transferable wow. job so every few years i was shifting into a new school in a small place where there were just about 6 to 7 so called officers uh, many times and they had, they would have just cut jungles to make those houses so we would like have snakes passing through our legs and you know like kind of those kind of places because most of the vines were dug up in many places where that were that had thick jungles right Right. Uh, so it was like that so we had equal number of human friends and animal friends i would say and grew up like that english medium school was not available everywhere uh, so we had to travel to a nearby town and funnily uh, many times the e section was referred to as a english medium school otherwise it would be all a hindi medium and okay. only the textbook that was used was english medium and okay. uh, then you can imagine like you know how good and how confident i was in speaking english uh, of course not so uh, kind of struggled with that a bit uh, not very confident but fortunately my parents always encouraged me to participate in any opportunity i got for the sake of participation and enjoy that so right. i was taking part in debate competitions to dance to singing to 
badminton to you know whatever was available at that time i would be one of those always with my hands up and teachers had to actually get me out of some things because kind of we can't get you into everything types right although many a times in the places i grew up i would be the only girl raising hand when everybody else was a boy but it didn't matter to me fortunately my parents encouraged that um so that took me uh, to some amount of having confidence and still speaking in english especially when i'm prepared with it so that is how kind of went on till i got into my graduation uh, that i did by being in a hostel but strangely different uh, situations were happening back at my family around that time and so 3 years of my graduation i did in three different colleges in three different towns so it was by then i had i think got used to it so i would say whether i you know i was a merit student or not definitely not uh just average but i moved on and you know i got used to that uh one thing that this whole life taught me was uh you know willingness to change i never would ga- get too attracted to right. anything in particular uh and ease of making new friends because that was a part of survival right everywhere new teachers new students new friends um so that came easily to me as i grew up so my hostel days were kind of fun uh and then my post graduation was in bombay my big first big city living okay okay so imagine from a small town suddenly to bombay that was a huge change my yeah. parents were absolutely terrified of leaving me there because mm-hmm. rightfully so they knew i have never gotten on to a public transport okay and you know the bombay public transport yeah, trains yeah. and stuff so my father was really worried like you know will she really get on and get off anything properly so he kind of handed me over to my roommates so we were living in ywca and i had like four other roommates and yeah i think all four came from metro or big cities um okay. so they were used to right they were smart in that way and the only common language so basically this course that i was doing would take one student from one state so which oh. meant five of us in one room were from five different states um and the only co- common language we had was english so whether you're good or bad at it you better speak if you want right so we all got used to actually just speaking and right. uh we also because we were good friends uh it came easy to accept feedback and corrections as well so slowly you know we got into talking in english and um, those days like basically in ywca yeah, all these girls they were so awesome with me that they literally i <laughs> they would take me to a railway station to go to a college we used to travel in two buses and one train to reach our destination so we would get in they all would get into a local and as my father actually kind of correctly expected i would be just there so terrified of the whole you know number of people and the pace at which things are happening that i would still be standing there and the train would have left and they all had to they had only instructed me one thing if you get left just stay where you are so mm. i would be just standing there and they would come back from the next station to literally like pick me up and push me in and get me thrown out like they taught me the whole process frankly and thankful to them i finally started loving it being in trains and buses 
and loved the whole aspect of pushing my way in and getting thrown out, right? You just have to stand at the right exit around the right time and justice happens. So this was so much of fun. And I really explored the world and I had, you know, amazing time and exposure. Uh, after that, actually, I started with my first job uh, uh-huh. in Delhi, okay. in National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, because uh, as a hobby, actually, I used to write uh, on current affairs, which used to get published uh, in different newspapers and magazines, even in those days. I never thought it was a big thing, but till I came to Delhi and people said, oh, you know what, you are good at writing. I said, really? And this is why don't you become a journalist or get into one of these chambers? So that's how I got it. I was the first science graduate. I was told okay. to be taken into a chamber of commerce and industry in those days. Right. Uh, because they were all doctorates in commerce or economics. And right. I was like, my post-graduation was in special education, which was not even relevant to anybody. Uh, there so it was like for all practical purposes I was just a science graduate Um, so it was kind of funny like you know how can they take me and fit me into all these studious you know PhD holders but I I was just plain lucky I got in uh, because of my writings that they saw which they found interesting Um, and yeah the journey started from there I started as a temporary person like literally not even a trainee they call it something like a temporary executive or something. Right. Uh, and then in 10 years, I grew to becoming a deputy director there and handled many different areas that actually my biggest learning foundation uh, for my profession came from there. Um, right. So I really started off with environment, energy management to uh, TQM, telecom, IT, And I was really lucky that I got to be handling what was just then the in thing, like, you know, what was the new trend coming in? And I happened to be managing that. So that came in with a lot of challenges, but huge amount of learning. And there, you know, I got the opportunity to also work very, very closely with visionaries from their own areas, which was, again, amazing. They are a different species, I realized, right? And I was very fortunate to get mentored by a lot of them. A lot of love I received, a lot of mentoring I received. So that helped me grow. And uh, then I was briefly, that was my first CXO position, was uh, like at a national sectoral association, which was called Alkali Manufacturers Association of India, again in Delhi. Uh, So I was the executive director there for a year. And then... That is when I left and I realized there are certain reasons why probably being a CXO for another corporate may be in conflict with who I am. And I became uh, aware of, you know, what a strong personality I am on certain fronts. I'm not ready to compromise on certain principles that I have. And I was not aware of it till then, really. Okay. Um, and that is when I decided, okay, let me quit and let me see what I want to do. And uh, that is when my first enterprise journey began. Uh, I became a management consultant. And how is another story? So I will stop here since you said you want to hear till here yeah. for this question. So that's what it is. The, the first one that you're talking about, the entrepreneurial uh, startup or the starting point is Signora advises is what you're not talking even about. that actually this was uh you know a just a management consultant i Cons- became frankly right 
and right, okay. uh, like i was taken in by different organizations who started approaching me the moment they understood that i am just sitting in the house there were five of them who approached me and they said hey why don't you help us exactly do the same thing that you were doing in your industry association and help us with so they came with different uh, requests so right. i had five clients clients who i thought will never even recognize me to be very frank they were too big for me and i thought they only recognize me now because i am having a banner behind me which is powerful but then when i quit all banners and i had nothing i thought they will say who archana right i really thought that uh, right. of course you know life proved that i had a wrong assumption and these were people who reached out and said you know we will give you everything you want just do what you were doing there for us and uh, you know we'll support so they gave me 6 months advance money into my account wow and okay. all the five companies they gave me five different positions and cards because five different requirements so one gave me strategic advisor for example the other one had me as a marketing advisor third one had me as outreach or pr and you know finally all through my life i realized which is a huge learning for me and i love to share it with others that i don't know if i on my own have ever discovered what is my strength it was always something that somebody else pointed out right. you know like i think you know your voice is good you should do some mastering so i started getting into doing comparing and stuff somebody said you know i think even if you're the junior most person you have a way to get along with people so everything that i got to know including this level that i'm saying i'm like marketing why would you trust me for marketing strategic i'm like oh my god i don't know if i'm that big to actually provide such big organization strategic consulting and stuff like that but you know they just said we trust you can do it and for right. me it's like if they trust let me try it out <laughs> and yeah and it was interesting experience to go through the journey like that so i went started off with management consulting and my first actually enterprise so to say uh, was called event management corporate event management company uh, right. that is where i started and then you know sigona was much later actually in between them i had like about 10 odd enterprises got it so your uh, entrepreneurial journey started in 2000 am i correct uh somewhere yeah, that's right there. that's right and that's since right. then you've been on your own mostly but you know when i was doing some kind of consulting work sometimes i would be roped in in some position right with a particular agenda so there was a time when i was ceo for a csr foundation so right. it was kind of a job so i don't know how to describe that so i moved on from what i was doing to actually accept a position i was a outreach and training uh, manager at a multinational firm called technicala so there were these brief periods and my first organization which was asochem the national chamber they came back to me in 2010 requesting right. me to help them branch out for the first time so i was at that time director of uh, a chamber so you know if you look at my profile it looks as if i was joining and leaving but in fact it was like those short term assignments you know uh, but they wanted me to be on the role because it was not known uh, when and how much time do i really need to do what i was hired for right right and i would also drop everything and just get into that you know that used to be my pattern at one time so like yeah so that that's how it is so 
Archana, you worked for this, um, sorry, this is a long name, Associated yeah, Chambers of Commerce and Industry. Yeah, yeah. in short. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, can I say that's kind of where, you know, you built up your, um, you know, everything for people to recognize you. That's where you built your network. So, you're saying you, when you started off as an independent management consultant also, it was not that you consciously started it. You left the job and you went and sat at home. People yes. came to you. Yes. So, uh, it's easier said than done. Uh, yes. So, can we break this down a little bit? Like, how did that happen? Like, uh, because it's not good. Come on. Uh, we can't say people, you know what? You leave your job and go sit. People are going to come. You must have done something, right? <laughs> right. And uh, was it networking? Yeah. What was it? Okay. That's an interesting question. And thank you for asking because that takes me into some introspection. So, I think uh, one of the things that made me stand out as a person was never give up attitude. Right. So, when I joined, as I said, you know, I was the first science graduate. And just a graduate, so to say, in the midst of all PhD holders. So everybody was like, how, why? And the reason for the organization to take was not just my writing skills, but they needed somebody with science at that time because environmental issues had taken center stage. Mm. Energy conservation was becoming a big issue. So they thought, yeah, only commerce economics we could not do, right? So there was a lot of challenge from others around. How, why did she come? Because she has some connects wishy kind of thing so there was not so much of you know uh, helping or taking me forward finally the person who actually interviewed and hired me uh, suddenly realized that his son is also becoming a graduate soon and like why did I hire her I could have hired him like no so he went all out to get me out of the system oh okay and it was in today's time if I say you can probably call those things harassment okay I mean, oh God, uh, in, in a different way. So I'll give you some examples so that it's understood in the right context. So for example, uh, just before I was to join, they said, uh, you know, I will have to go through training for doing different things. And that person is going abroad. So he won't have the time to really guide me. So maybe he will come back and then see if they need me. I said, no, 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 I'm joining. I will just learn and do something on my own. So I was like one of those, no, no, I'm joining, right? So they're like, okay, like, and I was 19 year old, like bubbly little one coming out of college knows nothing, okay, just confidence from somewhere for, for some reason. So then when I came, they would give me things like go and sit in the, you know, fax machine. I don't know if you guys even know. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, you are from that generation, which at least knows. Thank you for that. So uh, telex machine, fax machine. And I was so happily go, Jag, you won't believe. I was excited. Because I'm this 19-year-old who did not know how those things work. So they would even say, go and manage the reception today because receptionist is not come. Mm. I would be so excited because they, those, those plug-in things were there where the red and green lights you to go. I was so fascinated to get trained and whole day sit and just do that or do the telex sending and receiving and my fellow executives were like, we have never seen a more stupid person than her. And because she is accepting to do all this, now tomorrow they may expect us to do. And that's a definite no-no. So they all come, came telling me like, you don't have to accept. You've been hired as an executive. And then the next big thing happened. All the, you know, those days we used to have stenographers, right? The typing yeah. pool and stenographers. 
So they all went on a strike. Nobody would want to work for me because they said we all are also graduates, which was true. So why would we work for another graduate? And if she can be taken in as executive, then we all want to be executive too. So I literally used to wait for them to have their lunch breaks, to go and sit on one of those machines and start typing on myself, my own documents. And before they come back, when they realized I was doing that, they started locking their systems. So I went and asked the admin. Now, this is probably the difference. I was not giving up. I was going to the admin and saying, I saw you have one British time typewriter and not that I knew typing or computers, huh, by the way. But I was ready to like tuck, 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 you know, one, one finger thing. But trust me, today I can type faster than any typist probably. I just learned it because of need. And I, I, I was okay to do that. So then I right. went and I really got the British time typewriter. So the whole day in my office, can you imagine me going, tuck, 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 tuck. My I don't know what are, is the bigger harassment. Whether I know, typing. exactly. <laughs> That's what my people around me were like, this is not happening. They're like, Archana, like, please stop this. You know, Who are you? Who are you? And we can't concentrate. <laughs> there are doctorates trying to do some research, right? And I'm right. like, tuck, 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 going on here. And then after all this work, I would go to my boss. Oh God, I don't know what to even call him. Though I learned the maximum from him in hindsight when I think. But those days, I mean, sorry to say this, but I think if throughout my lifetime, if there is one person who I actually at one time uh, hoped and <laughs> waited for him to die, <laughs> was this boss. <laughs> because... I hated him because you know what he would do? He was a perfectionist. Right. And he was very senior, okay? He was a second from the top and I am this little kid who has no clue where I've come but excited cookie, okay? That I want to do something. And nothing. If he says, just write a letter, I had no clue other than learning in our grammar class or somewhere how to write a letter. The only other way was I would copy from some old files that I would take out. I, I was that smart. I was kind of, okay? So I would take and I would just replace some words and try to make something and take it. And he had an eagle eye and very little patience to deal with people like me at my level. Okay, So he would just see something. I would have done tuck, 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 type 30 pages of something that I've come up with as an article that about a lot of research work happening. Okay? And he would just zoop, zoop, go and find two spelling mistakes or grammatical mistakes. He will actually tear it, man. Sometimes either throw it on my face or put it in the dustbin and he will be shouting at the top of his voice. Like, what karma have I done for, you know, somebody like this to be done? And I will be like crying and he's like, stop crying, bring a bucket with you next time. Oh God, I couldn't stop crying because everybody is watching me and I'm like feeling so embarrassed and I thought I was the only stupid person on this entire universe. But what do you think I was doing? I was coming back to him again. Like, I'm not leaving. <laughs> right. I'm like going and picking my stuff from the dustbin and still asking him, but what was wrong? Tell me, you know, at least one time, right? So he didn't know how to actually kind of get rid of me. And at one level, he used to appreciate also. Right. right? The same guy started appreciating that I, I like her spirit, you know. She's not somebody to give up. So he did all these things for years. But, you know, I learned. I'll tell you how I learned. Because he was a perfectionist. And he didn't have much patience. 
and he had this nature of screaming and shouting in a, in front of everybody but while i go further on that i have to tell you from the senior most guy he was a second right the first person was wow god for me and for right. god for the rest of us he was an amazing person so we all will like you know kids know like i would go to him i am resigning you know today he did this and did that and actually he would hear okay and he would give us some water to drink and he will say things that will calm you down and he'll give you some tricks like which i still follow you have two years brain is in the center how much to take you should know <laughs> otherwise the second year is meant to throw things out think of him like your mother in law so all these things he did okay which worked with me and i would start laughing in his cabin and then i'll go out okay like you know i'll try again so and my friends these very stenographers who actually would not want to work for me with different things that happened uh, they were my lunch partners everybody wanted to have lunch with me guess why because the same reason i was crying just a few minutes back would be the best story that they want to hear while having lunch right because by then i'm laughing about it and i'm saying and all of them are on my side which i loved so they are like archana you are right nothing is wrong with you oh i did that too that fellow is useless right so i had that support system right so that was going and i i think but at that point it, uh, they stopped refusing typing for you yeah so like ha huh, so that is a solution so i went to the admin guy and asked they are not allowing me to type what should i do so he gave me a computer I was, oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I was the only executive. I was the only executive who received a computer. That's why the stenographers became friends because they thought, "What's the whole point? She's typing her own stuff." So we said, right. "We'll not work for her. She doesn't need us." She's saying, right? "Right." So frankly, yeah. So that's how things happen. And in some time, they all actually understood, and I, uh, they just liked me as an individual, and we became friends, and they understood what is the difference between them and me. It's not about the certificate of graduation. Uh, right, so actually, right. there was an open context kept by the by the chief. Anybody who can write an article and present it will be promoted to being an executive. And that's when finally they all came to me, and I wrote for them. <laughs> and they were like, and then they became my friends. But the chief could get it because of my style of writing. You know, I, I was young. I mm. didn't know those things can be caught, right? So he called me and he said, "This is not helping anybody." right and then everybody accepted yeah like you know we understand what we don't have what she has now right and they appreciate until today they are like some of the best friends i have so sticking on like you know in there were a lot of difficulties i went into meetings which were i was 20 21 22 year old and there were these people in 50s attending the same meeting uh led by the prime minister finance minister you know economic minister and i did not get the ready made training those days there was nothing called training you were supposed right. to just learn hands on right. so you know when my boss just didn't have time because i did not know how to say no now people go to classes okay how to say no <laughs> i am still probably bad at that and that was my biggest advantage there were a lot of projects that would come and everybody would say no and it will get stuck to me because as the only one who did not know how to say no So I'll take right. that on, and I'll go and probably at the cost of the organization to some extent. I learned, and I got the confidence. I learned how to prepare. My our competing organizations trained me. I could make friends. When you ask networking, see those days it's not like I planned that way, but it so happened 
that uh, I had huge respects for those people. They were very senior guys. And I was sitting next to, for example, a 60-year-old guy from a CII, okay, who was representing the same meeting. And I had no points and no file. I had gone with only the notice for the meeting, for a meeting that was headed by the cabinet minister. And then I saw everybody coming with their delegates who were the Bajats and Goenkas of the world. I had nobody. And they all had like files and they had an assistant bringing those files who was like me sitting in the stroke behind and and just like what am i even doing here what am i supposed and everybody had those name plates and you're supposed to speak when your turn comes and i'm representing a big organization right no preparation i've ended up there so you what i did you know i was freaking out i just wanted to disappear right i mean just under the table if i can just escape yeah but the doors are closed for those meetings you know at times so you can't really do <laughs> It's crazy, right? And so this, I'm just looking at all of them and they can feel my nervousness. And the CII person, Mr. Nyati, I still remember his name. God bless him. He actually looked at me and he could understand. He said, else has come with you? I said, nobody. He said, where is your senior? I said, nobody has come. He said, where is your file? I said, I don't have one. I didn't even know how to read a legal document, like the notification right. that we had come to discuss. So, you know, right. such a sweetheart, all these guys, they said, okay, by the time your turn comes, we'll have a tea break. You just stick on to me. And he actually gave me quick tips. I don't know whether he had his tea at all. He took out notes from his file, right. gave it to me. Okay, these two points you speak from your organ and they are competitors for us. <laughs> wow. Okay. And then I actually very quickly made friends with my competing organization saying that we are serving the same industry, working with the same government on the same issues, with the same interests. Why are we competing? Right. So I'm like, can we collaborate? And I started organizing against the understanding of anybody on this planet, except me and those people. We all started working together. Okay, whenever you are keeping that meeting, I will not clash with you. Right. I'll do it another time. There is enough to talk about. There's enough to rule and share, right? What are we talking about? So, I mean, I think some of these things were standing out and that came handy because industry people realized, number one, I'm not a specialist, even till today. But I think they... Uh, really like uh, three things, as somebody told me, actually. Okay. One, common sense, which is very uncommon, they said, right? So you just seem to have common sense. Number two, you're always open to learn. So whenever somebody speaks to me about a problem, I'm just listening. I never say, I can't do this. I don't know, it never comes to me. I'm like, if you are going to talk about, say, you know, podcast, and I have no clue, and I'm not even a technical person, if you come to me, I'll hear you and I'll get whatever I need to understand from you only. And I will never become an expert in that, but I'll understand enough to probably come up with a solution that may help just based on common sense and basic logic, right? And whatever I need to know for that, I will work. I'll learn that. I'll go, I'll study, I'll do some research. I'll learn, I'll do, do that work, right? And number three, I think uh, being absolutely honest with my dedication. There is nothing that I will leave unturned. It does not mean I'll be successful in everything. I have failed more than having success. But people respect me 
any case because they feel I did not leave any stone unturned in that. So right. even when I was a very junior officer in uh, Sachem, I used to have big, big industrialists send me those fancy cars, pick me up to go to their office to advise them on something. Okay. And my seniors never got this. Like when we are all sitting here, what does that girl know about? And what are they calling her for? And a lot of stories probably were built around it, which I didn't have the time to think about. My entire excitement, even I was not thinking why I am called. As very simple, they're calling, I'm going. They're sending me the car. My whole interest was in seeing how nice the car is. <laughs> and while I'm driving in the car, I am asking the driver about all the buttons I can test and try because I knew in my lifetime, I'll never probably buy those kind of cars, right? And then when I go to their offices, they would give me space to sit in those big conference rooms. You know, those days I'd never heard or thought, seen. And they had dry fruits, for God's sake, at snacks that I could eat as much as I want. And they <laughs> had on those days, those vending machines where I could have juice or coffee or tea as much as I want. You know, this was like I was in heaven. I was ready to do any. What do you want from me? Right? Give me the job. I'll do it. And I'll sit here for five hours if I need because... This is my life. This is the life I want to have. So I was enjoying that luxury and I had so much story to go back and tell, tell to my lunch group, right, next day. And there was no mobile phones. Otherwise, I would have taken pictures and I would have probably, you know, told yeah. them to come to the window. Actually, believe it or not, there were days when I'm going, they say, your car has come. So they'll all come to that window from where they can see the car. So like everybody is doing that. Oh, what, which one was that and stuff like that. So, you know, what happened was there was a lot of jealousy around me because a lot of people did not understand exactly. But there were a lot of visionaries who could recognize that this, you know, little girl has something uh, that we like about her. And that's these three things. She has common sense, willing, the willingness to roll up her sleeves and work to learn what she needs. And she's completely honest and dedicated about whatever she takes. And it uh, doesn't matter whether it's a success or not. Whatever she comes is good for us. So I think, yeah, that's what brought Got these it. five people, right? When they came, I was asking them, oh, there it was a different story. I had the backup of the whole organization. How can I do the same thing for you when I, I have nothing, right? Right. And they right. are like, what do you want? And like to begin with an office. And they're like, done. Next. And I started saying, and believe it or not, within one week in Delhi, I had an office provided them and I never invested one money, one, one paisa in any of my enterprise so far, ever. So this office in Parliament Street in Delhi. Wow. Okay. I was provided for as part of the deal to take up the job. My office and not their office. Right. I had computer to fax machines to everything that I needed. And I knew everything. You remember those days when yeah, you were yeah, sending yeah. me? Sending so you to I the knew, fax. Yeah. Place. So I knew franking when you do right. bulk dispatches right. too. Right. So I had a franking machine. I had a fax machine. I had a computer that you I knew how to operate because of what some people would probably say as harassment. Oh, God. And that guy who was throwing paper on my face and screaming and shouting and putting things in dustbin because of my mother-in-law, professional mother-in-law. Today, I bless him the most and I'm grateful for him because he really made me who I am. So one yeah. of the things, for example, I'll give as an example is he said, 
achana go and uh, like send this letter okay so what do i do those days i prepare the letter so he's approved it and giving it to the dispatch section to send it wherever it's meant to be so i gave it to the dispatch i came back he saw me in some time he said have you sent the letter i said yes he said has it gone <laughs> like one minute <laughs> i rang to the dispatch has it gone that i don't know i gave it to the dispatch right so then they said 4 o'clock pick up i thought okay okay i got the answer so i came back after some time next time and he said send the letter i had a smart answer you can't catch me so i said yes i have given it to the dispatch and they told me 4 o'clock is the pick up so after some time he actually saw me on next day he saw me and he said has that letter been delivered and like one minute <laughs> this went down like and i am like no you are not doing that so i went there and i said okay how do you know you delivered then the dispatch said no no when we send we get to know and all that so i said okay when is the estimated date of delivery so i went two three more extra thinking now i am intelligent i can understand where is he going he is just trying to harass me right like you know let me go with extra answer so i next time he asked me so i said yeah it has been sent estimated time of delivery is this next day on my own i went you know i was trying to be like one step ahead of him and i said by the way i got to know he has received it and i thought all right now he can't say anything is it so when can we expect a reply about that i'm like you're not doing this to me right and he would scream and shout out to this okay the whole office can hear you right. people you know i don't know why these stupid people are put under me and all that will go on right but you know what those are some professional stuffs that i have learned that today also is a rare commodity in the market that you yeah. complete the cycle you can see future like you know you are not sending a letter for the joy of sending a letter what's your yeah. objective so i have to say and that guy i got a compliment one day after many years um he said this is the stone that was uh, given to me and i chiseled and made a diamond out of yeah i said you really chiseled but yeah okay fine <laughs> like you know if you say so that's a huge compliment that the same guy was standing next to me and saying that i'm a diamond so that was god uh, but yeah the chiseling are you ready to go through the chiseling is the question very few people take that action got it actually um and and this is not the person you know who wanted to hire his son in your place right he's same a different guy. person oh he's the same okay <laughs> Wow. same guy who fell in love with me and said i'm a diamond now <laughs> yeah that's that is some uh, trans, yeah. uh, transformation absolutely so um archana uh, you know you made it uh, pretty clear that uh, you know it would look like you've been on and off with certain companies but that's the way you know your professional life went on because you worked mostly as consulting yeah. but then uh, i think um, at one point uh, probably what you're doing now uh, with uh, conscious living center is something that you started uh, yeah. on your own probably you know with a certain goal yes. so how did that come about like you know uh, sure. why did you decide to leave this and start something yes. like this that's right so you know one uh, thing very important that i realized much later again and again i keep thinking of steve jobs in that sense you can only connect the dots later right in hindsight um that i have always since my childhood uh inter- be inter- like i was interested in solving problems for somebody right and 
any job where I felt I am contributing in an impactful way to somebody or something, that kept me happy only till that point. When I felt I'm no longer solving any problem and I'm just making money out of this, actually I lost my interest in that concern. Uh, Money has never been a driver for me, although I do realize now that it's important. So I do want some and I've been praying Lakshmi ji as well, but uh, yeah, it's not been my primary driver. Okay. So every time also when I switched was always that the challenge was taken care of. Now it was a smooth thing. So I handed it always over to somebody else to do the next part, right? Now, when I started this, it was in a very interesting way. And I really feel this is not just another concern that I started. But uh, this was me getting connected to my calling. And uh, why I say so is because whatever good, bad, ugly, my life, um, you know, circumstances have been till this point, suddenly they all started Uh, having a lot of meaning and uh, were contributing to making me who I am to be able to do what I wanted to do, what I needed to do to solve this problem that came and hit me actually, right? So it was 2010 around that time when I was reading Times of India uh, and I, uh, you know, remember reading a news article which was about a 13-year-old committing suicide because of homework pressure and yeah this was so hard for me to digest like it hit me really hard okay and I couldn't sleep I lost my sleep I started thinking why what and I lost interest in everything else and I was like is this one-off case or what and then I realized no I was blind or something right Right. it was all over and the more I started looking for it from nine-year-olds, children were committing suicide because of the pressure of going to a school was a pressure. Right. Exams, homework, you know, fear of facing their peers, bullying, to go forward. And I started reading about 17, 18-year-olds committing suicide because they did not get the admission where they wanted. A young, I think maybe early 20s, engineering student, uh, top of office college jumped off a building because he did not get through a campus selection. Then go to like, you know, uh, I love you. The other person does not reciprocate. So you throw acid, you kill, you kill yourself story, right? Nowadays, latest trend, live in. Then there is something called live out also, no? Just get out if you don't like each other. No, you want to chop them off throw the body, some, I mean, just like or dissolve them. It's crazy, right? And then you go to like, I got a job, but okay, for whatever reason, uh, they have removed me. I'm not finding another job. I'm hanging myself, right? Because of the EMI pressure, maybe this time. And then I get into a marriage. Marriage is not working out. I'll hire somebody to wipe out that other family. Now, when you start seeing, and this is not just in India, it's global thing, yeah. right? And when I realized that, I felt, my God, like, are we all like a psycho society or what? And why? I mean, why on you know earth are so many people doing so many things which is becoming like so common, right? And that is when this became my obsession, like every other problem used to be. Like, how to solve this? 
like you know how right. can this be solved and why so when you do problem solving you want to go to the root cause right where is the cause like why is this happening and that is when i really went into doing some research and introspection and it took a few years almost till 2015 when i finally finally got it and i understood that the problem that we are referring to here is because of most of us having a conflict within us which is between the life we are meant to live and the life we are living so that causes a lot of frustration which is coming out in all these forms and we have difficulty in dealing with realities right yeah. so when this thing i realized and I, my question was why is that happening why are we not living the life we are meant to live the answer was almost like life changing for me that the real thing is we stress so much on education the educated class and all these things that we spoke is happening in education educated class it's not about uneducated or anything yeah the problem is we are missing out in formal or informal education one fundamental or two fundamental stages of education one is understanding what life is second is understanding who we are and why are we here what's up right. right right without knowing this from the time we are conceived nowadays we are being taught things outside of us 1 2 3 a b c twinkle twinkle to steve jobs to elon musk so a 8 yep. year old can write eight pages about steve jobs but will have no answer to give if you ask what is life or who are you right so yep. i realize okay this is the problem so if this is the problem my next question was what can i do about it right so one of the things that i decided to do was basically it means we are all being pushed to live a life that does not make sense to any one of us right you're all being told you get up at 3 you join school because everybody goes you have to go then you have to become engineer doctor whatever because everybody becomes and then at one stage you have to get a job because everybody has to do a job then you have to get married then you have to prove to the world you can have children so you should have children that's what we have gotten into and nobody has the answer to why am i doing what i'm doing is this what i really want to do nobody has that answer people know what they don't like what they dislike they don't know what they want instead so this when i realized okay so i wanted to wake up people and get them to lead a conscious life think about these basic factors and build a life that you want in your own way i'm not saying what is the life you should build that's your story and we are all unique and the my according to me if we are made unique we are supposed to lead unique lives so how can i have an idea even what you should be doing your story is your story my story is my story right so i am just trying to i have developed these flagship programs i may call it for the four verticals of the society the influencers the leaders the parents the teachers and the youngsters right who need directions uh although i would say youngsters are actually quite okay it's the older ones who need clarity of life right yeah yeah so i have things like conscious living conscious leadership conscious parenting conscious facilitation and find your calling as the flagship and then soon i realized that okay when i'm going out and talking to people and 
giving this, it made a lot of sense to people and they were all participating and thinking and coming up with really what they think they are meant to do, what are their gifts, you know, how could they take it forward. But the difficulty was, okay, I want to become not an engineer, but a musician. So, which is a school I should go to actually? And you are like, uh-oh, that doesn't exist around in our village, our town, our city, right? Very few options. Right. So, there is a problem in the skilling aspect as well. So, what we started doing was simultaneously start having tie-ups with what we call as associates uh, right. and start providing training and skilling so that people can prepare themselves for their journey as well, as much as possible from our end, right? Or we give them the guidance. So we have coaching, startup mentoring, life skill training, English language training, some of the other languages as well, and uh, technical skill training as different verticals that are handled by different associates uh, that we provide as, like, you know, after coming through the funnel of the flagship programs, Based on your need, we can customize all these things and give you what you need or give you at least some uh, counseling and consulting as to uh, where else you can go probably, you know, and, and look for what you're looking for. So this has become my life story and totally dedicated to this my entire life. And the biggest beauty is I would call this not just an enterprise and um, really my calling because... If you remember, the first thing that interested me was about saving lives. So right. these are precious lives. So that still remains my basic fundamental objective of Conscious Living Center is to really save precious lives and then transform them to lead a conscious life. Right. So that's my journey. And so far, there are at least, I mean, more, I'm not really counted. In fact, you know, the more I start talking about this to people, I'm realizing I should put a count to at least the approximate numbers. But the number of people around, that you've helped. Yeah, I mean, more than just the big number that I just go and talk. There are about probably 15 to 20 individuals. I used to say a dozen, but then I realized recently that it's definitely more than a dozen now. Uh, but yeah, maybe around 20-ish people who were on the verge of giving up their life journey, literally on that verge when they happened to call me because they heard of me, they read some book by me, or somebody referred, or they remembered from somewhere. And they are not people that I knew always. A right. few people I knew, but they, when they called, they didn't call me, okay, I'm committing suicide, I'm so-and-so, nobody introduces themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, you don't know whether it's a boy, girl, man, woman, and nobody is speaking most of the time. They are just typing somewhere, right? Chatting. So they are 15, 20, and this is even... Uh, awesome and surprising for me also as much as it is probably for others that these 20 odd individuals are leading you know awesome life today after one single heart-to-heart -heart conversation with me just one most right. right so i just realized wow so that's a gift i have and all the hardships that i went through all the different kind of things that i saw was for a reason, because that helps me empathize with them. I understand yeah. what they're going through. And they know what I will understand, because many of them said, I am reaching out to you because I know you have gone through this. In I read it in your book. So there is an autobiography kind of book I wrote, actually, I published, which is called Ye, I am 18. 
and this is a book which talks about so my you went through a point where you were suicidal kind of yeah probably a few times right but then one time definitely pretty serious uh but frankly i have not even mentioned that but i have talked about hardships which i had lot of hardships and there's a let me somewhere here yeah okay if this can be seen right i don't know okay yeah. this is the book right yeah yeah maybe right yeah maybe and basically it says and my thrilling roller coaster life unfolds so i had many 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 uh you know really really deep ditch experience and what i was trying to share was if i can get up and i can be okay guys you can be too because i'm in no way special absolutely no way special come from a small town i'm a small town girl nothing special event till today if anybody asks me i struggle to find my speciality actually but i uh, feel if i can save 20 or lives from being lost oh wow that's more than i would ever imagine that yeah. i could have done right so i feel life is like a classroom that is teaching taking you through whatever experiences you are meant to go through for a amazing reason to build you to be that so don't give up when you're going through this you know this is the chiseling life is doing yeah, right yeah. and you just have it it's it has given you the strength if you believe in it just surrender at one point right go right. with it and there will be a time when you will be able to connect the dots and you will become so impactful in your own way in whatever contribution you decide you feel inspired to make because of your life experience so these are those individuals from 9 year olds to 75 year olds who had you know such deep impact because of something that they decided to reach out to me after they went through this book somewhere or somebody told or whatever and with they just needed one conversation and those con- i i don't have a fund i don't have a formula and really the the uh, most important thing uh, that came as a realization to me is the classroom is continuing for me this is actually i'm so sorry what's that word you said life is like something and now also you mentioned that word i'm not getting it cash class room. classroom classic class sorry. right yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah so basically i feel that things are happening through me and i'm not doing it many times we are too busy thinking that i have to do it i have to get ready i have done it i have failed slowly life taught me actually you know you keep trying the same thing sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't so no need to actually take the credit and take the discredit also just move on right 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 so if a day comes when you don't have food to eat and you die because of hunger yeah maybe your life is saying that that's the end and if you're not able to get up and do anything if you have two hands two legs and a brain in place for god's sake right you know uh, you should be able to actually earn your two meals and in a place like india you can just go to some uh, you know uh, places where we get free food right and free shelter so don't tell me that you can't have survive survival so, is not the issue yeah no yeah. survival is not the issue and the life you want to build build it keep falling if we thought one time we fall when we learn we were learning to uh, walk that means we cannot ever walk and that really hurts or while when we were trying to learn cycling right oh we had always in our younger days some bruises on our knees right if we would get you know fearful of that none of us would be doing what we are even doing or grown up right yeah so i just think we have to take the falls become slightly you know bigger 
बट वी ऑल्सो आर बिगर ना सो वी कैन गेट अप सो आई थिंक वेन आई रियलाइज दैट जस्ट बाय मेकिंग माई सेल्फ ट्रूली विद द राइट इंटेंट अवेलेबल आउट देयर इन द वर्ल्ड यूनिवर्स इज एक्टिंग थ्रू मी टू कनेक्ट मी टू पीपल नीड टू कनेक्ट टू मी एंड थिंग्स आर हैपनिंग थ्रू मी सो दिस इज लाइक really really aligning within yourself that that clicked as to this is who you are and what you're meant to do you know and right. then i feel like the whole universe aligns with you you align within yourself and the universe aligns with you so tell me jag like otherwise how on earth will you find me and do this interview like it's just yeah 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 that's so right so i just believe that you know every small thing like this every person i connect to every small thing that happens is happening for a reason and i have not done anything to get you or this you know interview happen but it's happening this is the universal way of doing you know putting pieces in place when you are in the right stuff and aligned with the universe so my you know it, now this this thing has become so interesting for me it's like wow i know what it it is like when you get there and click so guys get there like you know don't waste your time get there get there right so that's the excitement i'm there i can you know that's is totally uh coming off <laughs> and you said you know uh, 2010 was the time around 2010 is when you kind of you know got exposed to certain things and you know you started thinking so there are two things one is you started uh, this organization where you help people and uh, you wrote a book what happened first uh, the book happened before this or uh, the book happened after this interesting first what happened was actually i started going out and speaking to my audience see i already was a speaker and a trainer of sorts so who had an audience because of my entrepreneurial journey i was a woman achiever of sorts so i was it was easy to be in the limelight right so i always had people and i also had uh very deep links with lot of charitable organizations some that i had set up and some that were others but i would go there to give talks and stuff like that right so i had this audience right so first thing i started doing is what i thought is my understanding and what i thought is the solution that was the only way to check does it make sense to others correct and i started speaking and that's when i started getting this feedback from my audience. so oh, this changed my life my relationship with my family has changed children came to me saying that whatever you did with my parents is like so amazing we have never connected like this before so it was very interesting you know that feedback actually put the seal that okay you're in the right direction always spoke to improve and do things but right direction so 2000 uh, yeah i mean as part of this around 2010 onwards itself there were people who knew me for a very long time right and they all started telling because i they were trying to do something in their lives which would have a great impact for their loved ones and i was so direct to them like which nobody would normally tell and these were like you know supposedly big guys okay not people are not so free with them i didn't care i was like don't do this to your daughter you will be like my father who i loved but he did this mistake probably right you know and that not to be done and they were so shocked but you know when they started talking to me they realized oh my god never thought of that angle you know we were going to do exactly what your father did because that's what we thought you know we thought as a father we should do or as a husband we should do or as a wife we should do or mother we should do 
so i was so direct with all of them and this is oh god thank you for t- sharing this and stopping us oh god we'll think again and we'll do right now these are the kind of people who started coming back and telling me arjuna you should write right right all these things i said oh no it's not that easy to write okay i don't want to write who wants to read my story for god's sake right so they said no no that's your thinking so you speak about it because one of the things i do when i speak and this is not something i planned it just happened that i would get very vulnerable by sharing my story right. and that is why others would become very vulnerable too and they will start sharing things with me as well yeah and slowly that came in my personality so people would tap my shoulder in a cafeteria and say can we just speak to you there is something about you that wants me to speak to you and they would just be telling me everything about themselves right you mean so to say I, random strangers or oh, random absolutely oh wow yeah that, that that's something i cannot explain even today in words i don't know what that what to call it i would be sitting and working on my laptop like this and then there will be somebody tapping and boys girls men women i don't know how to put that and i would just say can we sit on your table i thought they just wanted a chair or something and then i said can we just talk to you if you're okay and i'm just like okay and they like do i know you i'm forgetting you type of you know i would be like okay and then they are like Uh, no there is something about you that makes us talk to you and they will tell things like their bank balance to their problem in their lives with their wow. children to their you know lovers to everybody and i'm thinking what is the expectation from me so the, but the only thing is when somebody is sitting and talking to you yeah i think my jaws were dropped and i was just listening right with complete intent oh my god okay then like you know and you know what at one point they will have some kind of emotional outburst mm and then they wanted to just hug me and say thank you and go and i was like what was that and they would say like oh god you sorted my problem thank you so much many times i just needed somebody to listen to listen me. right right and with that empathy i guess right or whatever active listening to to say or sometimes i said something that would be very organic or it was connected to my past life when somebody said this is what is happening with me and i really don't know what to do and i had very straight answers i did that mistake don't do that that's all i know right and that right. was the answer they were looking for i said i did this and that was not the right decision and i you know had to face the consequences so only thing i can say is think about this angle and then do mm-hmm. so you know when i realized uh, that these people i could make this difference and people were coming back and they stayed in touch and they said how it turned around their life and relationships so they kept saying you know what by chance i happened to talk to you and you happened to share some story that made a whole difference to my world so many more people would want to love to hear this so why yep. don't you write i said but who on earth will go and pick up a book about archana krishnamurthy's life story said, who the hell am i you know i should be some abdul kalam to pick up his life story who would read mine but they all kept saying no no please do please do now when i started to think of writing i said okay fine let me just write it out Oh it was far more difficult than i thought right because speaking in a closed room or talking one to one uh was easier uh, it's easier yeah yeah then publishing then i'm making a lot of rubbing a lot of people look even if i am not blaming them it will look like i'm blaming yeah right if i say you know what once jug did this or i'm talking about my boss right today i'm extremely actually grateful to him right but the way i spoke some things that might hurt him right Right. right so i had to be like why really with the real hope that this will be of some value to somebody out there i just uh, did 
publish it. And it's more like, you know, in hindsight, like I said, with all those tearful circumstances, I could laugh during lunch times. My book is like that. It's actually like a tragic comedy. Okay. <laughs> like it's like all of that presented like that. And, and all of my life is tragic comedies. <laughs> it isn't it, right? So everybody can connect and laugh at it thinking of their own. And it has three segments like personal life story, professional life story and my spiritual uh, life story as well because all this somehow brought me into the spiritual journey as well. Right. So uh, that is when I did. So the book came next. After my talks, the book came next. and right. But then I had written the book. I was still looking at uh, do I want to do self-publishing or want to get published. Around this time, corporate started calling me for giving talks. Mm. And then they wanted me to do training as well. And then I realized I am really loving it because that's my audience that I want to really tackle. And I want to change their lives, you know, before you become parents, before you get married. Let's talk, let's talk kind of thing. And they loved it. And they didn't want me to necessarily say conscious living, but they would give me all life skills to do, right? You have these hours, what you do with them, we don't care, but we know it will help them. Um, so I started doing that. And then I recognized that I need an organization to be registered to be you know getting into their vendor list yeah vendor list. and that is when i had to decide do i want to become a society or a charitable organization that's doing good for the community which i thought i was but then a training company would not be seen like that the way they will be wanting me to register right so it was complicated and i did not i was very conscious that i do not want to have either employees or partners in this right. business right? because this is uh, way too personal for me. My, I don't want to compromise on my objects ever. Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't want any push pull. So people have come with investment offers and all. I'm like, no, not required. Right. So although if I get right kind of investment, I can do this so much more impactfully, kind of it's difficult. But because of that, I waited for uh, what kind of company can I register where I don't have to have a partner. So finally, OPC came out. One person company. One person proprietor. Yeah, one person company. <laughs> one person company. So because you know, proprietorship will not get me to the vendor list in corporates. Right, um, right. So it was like complicated. So finally, I got this. So actually, I applied for being an OPC. So my company is called Mindful Living OPC Private Limited. And... Uh, my book finally got published under my company's name. So it was kind of simultaneous uh, that the book and the company almost came together. But yeah, company had to come together because it says it's published by the company. But writing had been done before. Got it, Archana. I was basically, you know, trying to uh, decode your, uh, you know, I, you may not like these words or, you know, the way I'm <laughs> taking it, but, you know, my job is to kind of show to people or, you know, try and elicit, okay, what are the processes that you follow to kind of see what you do as a calling is absolutely, you know, that's one thing. But there are a lot of people, you know, who might have the same thing, but who may not have had the kind of exposure or the platform that you've had. Because if you see a lot of things, you know, happened to you in a very uncanny manner right you didn't go out you didn't put yourself out there you didn't sell you didn't market and stuff but uh, the reason i asked about the book was um it's very interesting right because um who's stopping anybody from writing a book 
nobody is stopping anybody from writing a book. I was just trying to explore, can that be a marketing tool in any way possible for people? And uh, I know for a fact that you did not write it probably from that point of view. Uh, You were hesitant, you were reluctant. People asked you to write so that you know, so that's one thing, right? But anyway, uh, I'm just trying to, uh, But you you know know what, to the question, to the thought that you have, yes, yes, and yes. So, for example, if you ask me what is the best way for me to uh, go about uh, spreading awareness and growing my concern as a concern, the answer from me is very, very clear. I am actually, I'm currently writing a book which is on conscious leadership and I intend to write a book on each of the topics I mentioned. Okay. So book is the way out, I feel, if you can communicate, because that becomes like, you know, the uh, background material right? for people to know you and you can use it for doing the events and courses that you offer uh, when people come to you. So I I do intend to write. So I think even about coaching, I'm a like certified coach. Uh, I really realize that people have different assumptions about two-way coaches. And that's also because a lot of people are calling themselves these words nowadays. Yeah. Right? So it's very uh, difficult. Archana, sorry. Uh, since you spoke about it. So who according to you is a coach? What does a coach do? Okay. That's an interesting one. And I love that question. Okay. So coach, there are, you know, different people who are calling themselves coach. So let's first understand the three main segments that I have understood. Okay. There are people who prepare students for competitive examinations. They call themselves coaches and coaching classes. So I think many people get confused when we say, uh, you know, an executive or leadership coach it has something to do with those kind of classes. So that's a completely different. Number two, we will all have heard of coach in, in terms of sports coach. Right. Sports coach is relatable. It's not very different from the executive coaching. But something called executive and leadership coaching, this is basically based on neuroscience. Okay. Neuroscience is like how our brain functions. Mm-hmm. And there are institutions which are providing certification, training and certification for people to become coaches. Right. And they also provide when you become a master coach and do two to three levels and you get some tools and techniques also for you to use. Now, in spite of doing all that, what we realize when we are in the market is you might have to customize what to use and how to use. Right. Right. So you cannot do the same thing. So many times what happens is, yeah, I'm also certified. I'm also certified, but two people may take you through the same journey different. Right. So a coach is somebody, I would say, who is a professional who helps you get clarity about your true potential and works with you like an accountability partner Mm. to get there from where you are to get there in a very structured way. So now I'm just trying to, you know, uh, tie back everything, right? So uh, 2010 is when you, again, I'm going back to that point because that's the starting point for you in a lot of ways. Yes. Uh, You might have started later but the thought yeah. and the idea yes. and you know you started thinking about it back then yeah. uh were you at that point in time a certified coach uh and also another question i wanted to ask was yes uh you thought about all these things a lot of people do yeah. you wanted to do something about it. a lot of people also think about wanting to do something 
but how did you actually uh, get to start doing it like can you just tell those first initial steps you know which may may have been trial and error sort of steps so, so this is an interesting point because we all know everything very few people do anything about what we know right yeah yeah i think that is the differentiator between uh, people who achieve and who don't achieve uh both have same capabilities one acts on the capabilities the other one just keeps thinking okay yeah. so that's the crux of it now if you ask me coaching you ask me whether i was already a coach no i was a consultant and an advisor largely and an entrepreneur uh, different with different kind of concerns uh but you know there was a stage when i realized that when i'm doing consulting and advising people are becoming dependent on me for their growth mm. which was not satisfying for me which means when i advise a company the company would make growth then i can't leave because nobody is learning from me and taking that forward so when if i leave they will go back to where they were right i came as a relief for them we are paying you you do this we are going for a vacation i still, i mean this is what i'm not making this up this was a reality that i observed most of the founders said oh my god it's been ages since i ever took a vacation thank god somebody like you has come so i was working for the company for 16 to 18 hours going way beyond my particular area of consulting almost managing the whole damn thing and they all took those vacations that they badly needed okay good for them but then okay they should put somebody with me to learn right yeah as a second in command but that was lacking so i was getting concerned if i had to just work for them then i would join them na <laughs> as an employee but why am i a advisor and i am hired for like 50 hours of work but i do like 300 hours of work so i get paid for 50 just because i'm a passionate worker now this is another trait i have okay i get in then i'm completely into something i can't say this is not my thing or i'm not getting paid for that right right so this was uh, the point where i was thinking i have to find out some way where i can put in the process where somebody is learning from what i do and can take that forward how do i do and when i was searching for that i came across this term called coaching so i mm. started reading about it all over it's a self driven process and how you can help people help themselves and that makes them independent they're learning a skill but they're not becoming dependent i was like perfect this is what i need and the more i started learning finally life has its way i think you know if you really want life to help you with something and you really want to get started your desire is the starting point number one yeah your hunger your desire should be so strong that you attract what you want from the damn universe so i think i have that and as i said when i get in i get in so i'm i'm like eating drinking dreaming about it kind of thing so when i was getting into coaching the next thing i know the same organization where i was actually advising at some level and also they took me in as a board of director in the next board of directors meeting i am just like so you know so attracted to this one person who is sitting we all are talking and participating this guy has a very calm smile and he is just has a notebook and is making notes did not open his mouth at all so i'm like who is this guy why is he even here is he a member is he not then why is he like i know he is listening he can understand seems like somebody really 
you know, has done stuff. Why is he not speaking? So I was so intrigued by that person's, you know, presence there that some break happened and I just rushed to him and I said, okay, I just wanted to know you, like, you know, so who are you? And then he said, I'm a coach. I'm like, okay, so that, I didn't move, <laughs> as you can imagine. I didn't allow him to go anywhere and I was not going anywhere. And I'm like, tell me all about it. Like, you know, where did you get your coaching? What is coaching like? And I said, you're sitting here, but you're not participating. And then he explained how the whole process goes and and how confidentiality works. Like, you know, he's not supposed to tell who he exactly is coaching. That's not the point. But he's a silent worker. I'm like, I love this. This is what I want. So mm. through his, you know, idea, I got into coaching and I became a coach in between 2012 and 13. I did three different courses right. um, that got me certified to being a executive leadership, like master coach. And since then, I started formally coaching because even to finish these courses, you have to do over 100 hours of actual coaching. Um, right. So, you know, that's part of the deal kind of thing. So started with that and it, it's continued from there. And it's a very, very fulfilling thing. And it's so useful to so many people because you are just killing them up with something that they can use for their entire life. And they don't have to be dependent on you. Uh, they just learn the process. They can come back to you when they're going to the next level where they feel this will help. And they know now, you know, how it helps. Right. So that's the coaching part of the journey. And I think, again, the answer is same when you ask what's the difference between people who do it and not. I just think uh, I get involved in something so much that uh, I won't be able to sleep or rest if I just don't get going with it. So it's a restlessness of sorts. But yeah. I think most of the entrepreneurs are having this trait. So you have to have, I would say, problem solving, interest in solving problem, some problem. And you have to have uh, interest in um, like, you know, putting your everything, everything and take risk, calculated risk maybe. But at some points, the calculations are not uh, feasible. Yeah. Some things that you don't know about, you can't calculate too much about. So at that time, are you ready to jump? And there's a, that means a huge level of self-belief. So as I was telling some time back, and I totally mean it, and I've said this to some of those people who called me when they were on that cliff. I have been on that cliff many times in the sense, not for suicidal thing, right, but right. I didn't know how I'm going to live tomorrow. I didn't have money. I didn't have anything. I had never saved that much ever because I was like more into giving and I loved that part of it, as I said, sometimes excessively. Um, so when you are there and you don't know what, what's coming tomorrow, but you still are hopeful and you're still looking at ways. So I was like, really, I was like, still I have two hands, two legs, one brain. And my brain is what I try to sell, but that's not selling. Right today, I don't have money coming from that. So what the hell do I do? So I have prepared myself to say, I'm going to sell newspaper, wash cars, I'll go and work for somebody else's house. And I was ready. I'm not joking. But life did not uh, allow me that space. You know, between that night and next morning, things happened. But I feel that's the difference. That's when either you give up or you are ready to do things that you find awkward or you feel I will never do. There should be nothing that you never do. 
nothing that you never do. So I told somebody, he said, I'm not getting a job. I've become a burden on my family, my parents, blah, blah, blah. I said, roll up your sleeves, your job you're looking for is, you know, for an engineer. Okay, you're not getting, roll up your sleeves, go and do that car washing, go to a mechanic shop, do something. And you know what? Within three days of having this talk when this guy was going to 27 year old, had lost his job, was not finding another job. And he was really keen and he was a very confident guy doing very well earlier. So he was super confident that he will get what his dream job. And then he realized he was feeling very dejected because not happening. Right. So then I said, listen, like he said, he had no money. He did not want to ask his parents anymore. He had asked enough of his friends and he did not want to ask his roommate or friends. So he did not have food for the last 10 days when he spoke to me. Wow. So obviously, he had probably lost it up there, right? Because no food for 10 days can do stuff to you, right? And when you have no hope. Yeah. But fortunately, for whatever reason, still he called somebody. That's great about him. Okay, he did call me. So I just told him, you know what? Either take an auto and come. I'll feed you first. I think you need food for your yeah, brain to work. Yeah. Okay, first. Great. So come here. So he said, no, but you know, again, like that would be like taking from you. I don't want to take from my friends. Why will I take? I said, are are. What the hell? So whatever. I will I also said. take from you something. Please come. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I will tell you, no, you can do some job for me and all that. But it was difficult. But then finally I said, okay, listen, right now you're going to take 10 rupees from your roommate. 10 rupees. Okay. And you're going out there because this was already 11 o'clock. I said, will you get biscuit, glucose biscuit somewhere? He said, yes. I said, buy all the biscuit you can get in the 10 rupees, okay? Drink water and eat the 10 rupees biscuit. You will survive. Okay, nothing will happen to you. Eat right. all the 10 rupees ka biscuit. Tomorrow morning, 3.30, you will get up and walk out and find where these newspaper balas are there for putting pamphlets still on some footpath, getting ready. Go and tell you are desperate. You don't have anything to do can they give you one set of newspaper to put okay and go out there and start your journey they all have come to your background when they did not have anything nobody because of joy is getting up at three o'clock and putting yeah. newspaper right so they all will empathize because they have gone through and they're all young boys like you go there they will give you something otherwise the option is Think about like go to a KFC coffee day or engineer, right? Coffee and with work experience. Coffee day, whatever, those kind of places. Yeah. Or yeah. even to your, he was a electrical or mechanical engineering. Okay, one of the two I'm forgetting now. So I said, go. Can you repair some stuff in some vehicle? I said, go to a garage, right? Where people say, whatever money they give, just accept that. Go there. That's a starting point. He accepted. Right. He accepted. Actually, at one point before this, I said, go and jump. If you need some help for me to come and push you, I will do that because I was so bugged. He was not listening to anything I was saying. And right. I was then scared that police will come looking for me because I said that. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, he then came to this. He started crying. He said, don't now. You also don't get annoyed with me. I said, then listen to what I'm saying. So I gave him this. And I told him, listen, I will do this if I'm in your place. If there's no other way to survive, this is what I'll do. Right. So... Then he, you know, in three days time after this, this guy actually comes with a sweet box to my house. Okay. He got his dream job. 
wow okay three days from here to there okay so sometimes you know that's when i thought oh my god that quote means this you say like when you're almost giving up that's when things are going to happen like you know you when you give up actually that's the time when the thing was just about to happen right but you are tested sometimes till that point the last battery you know that you have don't give up that's when take that extra charger <laughs> a backup put some backup and then you will be amazed at how universe works so right. you know so these were i mean things that i mean it was not even that i had to take action when people are calling you and talking about their life and death you you feel compelled whether you are qualified or not you know you feel compelled to yeah, act yeah 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 you feel correct. so i think i was pretty much compelled to act as well other than my right. own strength to act yeah so fine you know that's the point i feel we all have very unique and unique innate gifts most of us don't unwrap our gifts right right so first figure out what's my interest what are the gifts given there what am i passionate about see when you are passionate about doing something as you will relate to it you will not mind the hard work right you like to sweat in that the more time you spend you you enjoy it but if you don't have passion in that you will not be able interest will fade away passion will keep you there right so get a meaning and that's why the meaning to what you're doing sometimes if the meaning is suppose i'm a musician and i play music because i like it trust me that will be interest the day you convert that to my music helps a lot of people get that little entertainment that makes such a huge difference to them and i enjoy make looking at them enjoying my music right then you have your purpose that converts that interest to passion so i think if everybody can get that how they can convert their skill their interest to passion which is about giving which is about the 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 feeling of what am i contributing so you know life if i have to say in conclusion i would say what i'm trying to say is according to me life is like a journey which is from being a consumer to contributor so we are all born consumers of you know we have to get somebody else to take care of us from the time we are born till we become that adult 25 or so 25 years at least you know we are all taken care we need stuff 25th year onwards we are supposed to give it back and then by the end like you know at least another 25 years later you should have figured out what is the best contribution you can give back to the society no the the thing that you said about being a consumer to contributor yeah i think uh, cannot sum it up uh, in a better way than that achna uh, going back you said you know there was a time you were a advisor consultant and then you know you would sign up for 50 hours you would work for 300 hours and then you know that's when you got the organic urge to become a coach you were basically finding a solution to your own problem by becoming a coach right. now how did you um kind of you know um communicate to others what was your messaging like hey you know what i'm not going to be your advisor consultant but i'm going to be coach going forward uh, was it accepted in the same way they accepted you as an advisor or were there challenges that you faced in you know kind of selling your services as a coach okay um yeah that's an interesting question what i find is it is not about yeah accepting i would say is even till now difficult the people who would happily hire me as a consultant 
or uh, advisor will think twice before hiring me as a coach. And here is the reason. Right. One, probably they don't understand what is coaching and they're right. not able to see me with that hat, like as that person, right? Because they have a wrong understanding or no understanding. Right. Number two, coaching requires a lot of work. Actually, all the work almost to be done by them. Right, right, but right. they are trying to find a solution. I throw money and you do the work. So I have a problem. I'm giving you money. You find the solution. Whereas in coaching, you have to sit with the coach and right. you have to do the hard work of thinking, figuring out the problem, applying the uh, you know solution, seeing with which solution is working, why, why not. So people hesitate to pay and work also without realizing that this is going to upskill them. They don't, they're not ready for that. Very few people are ready for that. Most of the people are looking for, can you be my solution provider? So coaching business is therefore very slow as compared to advisory and consulting. Advisory and so and therefore, frankly, even today, I have a vertical which does consulting. Yes. Right. So you have a, a company which is Mindful Living, correct? Mindful Living That's is your company and then you have your website, uh, Conscious Living Center. So this is under Mindful Living or these are two different yeah. companies? So Conscious Living Conscious Center Living is Center a brand is... name we have registered. And in fact, I got the brand name registered before my company. So it's in my right. under my personal name, but I use it for that. So basically that's a branding. And I wanted right. a company in that name, which we could not get. So right. we got the second option of Mindful Living. And within the same company, we have like three different verticals. One verticals is more like one vertical is what we're talking about training, coaching, L&D, mentoring, all that kind of stuff. The second uh, vertical is about the whole skilling bit. And the third vertical is about uh, what we say as the business consulting. Right. We have a entrepreneurship cell, stuff like that. So very serious business consulting Got for it. people who are wanting to get our consulting for various areas of either marketing, bidding, tendering, or anything like that. So would I be uh, right if I say that your business consulting or advisory is what gives you uh, money to pay your bills and uh, the other things that you're doing, the Conscious Living Center is probably food for soul. Uh, okay, so let me explain. It's kind of a mix of two, okay? okay. Uh, I dedicate all my time and energies like 90% to conscious living center activities which are around doing saving lives to transforming lives with our skilling, coaching, training activities, right? Right. Only 10% of my time I reserve for overlooking, supervising or doing some stuff related to the other two verticals. Okay. But I have plenty of very senior associates Right. who uh, manage those different verticals and also work with me on that. So I don't do any running around or doing the last mile stuff for most of the things. I just find the right person in the market to get that done. And my clients know that. For example, if a, like today I have a company uh, which is into nanotechnology, right? They know that I'm not an expert in that area. Right, but right. what they come to me is, yeah, again, somebody with that common sense who has an understanding overall of how the market works. She can understand our requirement and she'll help us get connected or find the experts 
who will do the job for us. But right. they want to deal with me as a spark and they are ready to pay me that extra fee because they trust me. I'll do the due diligence. I'll bring the right kind of people. I'll be in the center to make sure things happen the way it should happen. Right. And they find it easy to communicate with me. They don't want to all the time be talking to that second or third level person. So uh, I have many levels. So I do the initial client spot is usually my thing. The next level, I have a senior person who overlooks the whole project and the work. But then there could be multiple experts for different areas of that project. So if there's an ISO certification required, we have an ISO consultant who does that. If there is some other license required, there is some other person who does that, right? So we don't right. put, that person is only doing that expertise, but under the second level. It's kind of, so money you know what what happens here is because I don't put that much of effort mm. but the good thing is this that my 90% is giving me what I need I don't need even for money to do anything else. but again like it is killing for individuals I realize for companies after coaching they're stuck in some places they're like actually okay with coaching I got all the idea now you said that okay I need to get started with marketing and I don't know who to find can you help do you know? And you know what? We are like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, so we'll connect you to a few people you figure out. And that's how we got into these areas. It was not by choice for making money. But the interesting part, which is right of what you said is, if I do like one or two big consulting jobs with little effort, I make much more money than yeah, all the yeah. effort in this money. But which helps when, you do your conscious living center thing, right? Exactly. That's why I have kept it all under one company. Don't want to complicate it. And we do everything still mindfully. So we are extremely strong as a organization with all our associates uh, that we will do only like ethical business practices. So still the name also works for us. That yeah, we're talking about mindfully doing your business. So don't approach us if you don't want us to do it in the in that way. So that's what it Got is. Got it. I just maybe have two topics that I want to touch sure. upon. Uh, sure. One is uh, sales. Uh, so I've, I did not want to assume. I'm at this point, I'm assuming, you know, you. I don't think you need to do sales because the kind of uh, journey that you've had, the kind of connections in the network. But still, I want to make sure, you know, uh, are, do you do sales, you know, the, the difficult sort of sales, you know, like reaching out 100 people to get one, Client, okay, that sort so of uh, that's such an interesting question and you are actually opening some bags, hidden bags out there. Uh, do we need sales? Yes, we do. Uh, how much ever network you have, if, you know, because I've worn so many hats, I need the world to know this is the latest hat I'm wearing for them to approach me. Otherwise, they're like, you, when did you get into this? Like, you know, so that, that happens. Or every time people meet, it's like, what's up? What's nowadays happening with you, right? So, and they love that you know, story, and then they get into it. So right. reaching out, even to the network that you have, is a sales exercise that you're still making. Right, right, right. right, right. Number two, are we doing? No, because we're bad at it, okay? <laughs> all me and my associates are delivery people. And we have all existed and done whatever we have done through word of mouth. And the other little thing that I have learned and I'm trying to do it right is like, for example, using our social media platform like a LinkedIn by writing the right kind of blogs, which probably gets people like you to know about us and interview us. So, you know, that's working out good. Like, you know, as of now, I'm doing like three to four interviews in a week, which is like not bad, right? 
some news channel also reached out to me so i'm like okay i'm i'm getting there so reaching out is a requirement we are usually bad at it but i'm finding out new ways of doing it which is working which is like i'm just putting myself out there on linkedin and people are reading and they're coming number 2 i have very recently tied up with a digital marketing agency to uh, not just as a agency to help us because that was i was not very clear but i have kind of uh, partnered so to say in the commercial arrangement so there is a percentage here. Right. so there is this company that's with me they are developing my lms they are going to sell my courses or whatever products and services and they're going to take a share out of that instead of upfront pay right so and i believe they are good and it will be in their own interest to bring more you know clients because they will make more out of this so it almost becomes like their own business where we are just the delivery partners so our uh, commission may be smaller or the, the, the portion may be smaller than theirs but yeah if the technology backup is there platform they are creating they are doing the majority of the marketing and i just can use the marketing material to get to my network see i i don't know how right. to get the right material now they will make the material with my help right and i can get to my network it's a win win for both right right so very recently i have started on that journey which i'm very hopeful but it's a very important thing for anybody how much ever successful you are uh, sometimes you attract the wrong kind and you spend time on the things that it's not your core strength but you start right. taking it up because you need something going on to stay in the market even right uh, so only when you do proper sales do you get the right kind of people approaching you for the right kind of stuff got it actually and uh, the final uh, piece to all this especially you know when you are sharing your knowledge when you're skilling people you know uh, there is a need for tech like you rightly said now you know you partner with somebody yeah. so uh what is the role of tech in your business at this point and uh, is it in the process of getting built or you know what are the gaps that you're uh, yeah. seeing you're facing in the tech thing to kind of you know fulfill your business yeah i think technology is very critical in today's time and for our business also for two reasons i would say one because you know fortunately one good thing from all this corona thing you know pandemic that happened is that people uh, learned to go virtual and become comfortable with the virtual life right? yeah yeah so what that did to people like us is uh, it opened up boundaries for us so now we are taking everything that we do uh, to 90% at least virtual because effectiveness we have figured out a way to do it that remains the same so there is personal touch sometimes required which we can limit it to like when we take one project we can have one face to face meeting and that's that right so the rest of it is technology dependent in that sense because it's a platform you need to have your meetings to do whatever you are doing and uh, yeah thanks to actually as of now zoom that i am pretty much comfortable and dependent on Uh, but have been using uh, other stuff and exploring other things as well um our lms uh, and all that is also getting built and there we are using graphy and that is where actually our tech consultant or this partner who is there uh, is coming handy and he's taking care of all the tech requirements from designing your marketing material to doing your social media marketing to um 
you know, creating a platform for delivering what you deliver, um, both kinds, right? Like the whole passive income recorded stuff to, you know, the live stuff, everything. So enabling is doing that. So as on today, frankly, that front while being taken care, I am still exploring uh, the right way to create my uh, funnel for leads, if I may put it that way. Uh, yeah. I know there are lots of options. The problem is, you know, when there are too many options, it, it's like mind-boggling to figure out what will work for me and what is best for me. And everything is a paid option, which is obviously better. Uh, because the free ones, okay, through this channel we will use. But for the paid one, you know, I want to be careful because we, not that we are so cash rich, right? So like which one should we use for our kind of purpose? So right. I have zeroed in on a few, but frankly, I need to figure out, do I need to explore that or can I tell that to my partner there and say, can you explore and suggest? Uh, I still need to figure out. Got it. Uh, so you said you're using Graphy, but then um, Gra- uh, Graphy is not solving all of your needs uh, as far as your so there courses are, are you know, uh, So yeah, no, but you know, even on Graphy, my choice was, do I want to start creating and doing all the tech backend? I don't, I'm not doing that. So this tech partner is creating all that using the graphic platform. And I'm still to figure out exactly what else do I need. So, uh, so on the delivery front, I think from website to the LMS, to the delivery of live and recorded classes, to even creating an entire entrepreneurship cell, which we are doing, all that I think is definitely feasible from my understanding. It's work in progress as I speak. Um, but coming to like, you know, uh, getting the funnel of proper leads for coaching for our, and they're all very different, you see. Right, right, right. You know, there is B2C, there is B2B, uh, there is consulting, there is coaching, there is entrepreneurship, a completely different market we want to reach out. So I am still wondering how exactly to tackle that and what kind of budgeting I will need to figure out in my head, like, you know. Do I need to go with some things phase-wise or can I really implement it together if it's not too much of a cost, if I can afford it? Those are things that are still like something that I'm trying to work out with discussions and stuff. Got it, Archana. Yeah. Archana, uh, thank you so much. It's been uh, an amazing, uh, you know, chat with you. And uh, thank you for sharing, uh, you know, all of the things that you did in a very open manner you know there was no uh what yeah. to say there's there you i mean you were generous that's how i'd like to put it thank you for that thank uh, you jag i mean thank you for actually first of all giving this opportunity to share the story and it's a great platform it will help us a big deal so thank you for making that contribution to the cause that we are working in and uh, you were amazing. You made it easy for me to share what I wanted to share. And Thank you yep, so much. So all the it's best to you guys also what you are doing. And always would love to stay connected. Thank you, Achna. This podcast is brought to you by Edison OS, a no-code edtech platform to operate an online education business. Knowledge entrepreneurs can use Edison OS to sell online courses from their own websites, manage online masterclasses, launch mobile learning apps, sell online practice tests for competitive exams, run online learning communities, digitizing their offline tutoring business, use it as a learning management system, 
and a lot more cases in the domain of knowledge commerce.